0: The Guardian. Welcome to Science Weekly. I'm Natalie Grover, a science correspondent with The Guardian. On the podcast this week, we're hoping to bring you something a little bit different. For one week, we're escaping the pandemic to bring you a new three-part series. Back in February, Guardian producer David Waters accompanied one of the world's foremost sound recordists, Chris Watson, on a hunt for the song of the largest, and possibly loudest, animal that has ever lived. We're inviting you along their journey, off to the Sea of Cortez, in our series, Deep Blue Notes.
1: As a wildlife sound recordist, I've had the privilege and pleasure of travelling the world, recording the sounds of wildlife and the places they inhabit. And for the last 20 years or so, I've been fascinated by sounds in the seas and oceans. I've recorded orca hunting off the coast of Svalbard in Arctic waters. And I've heard the haunting siren-like voices of weddell seals singing under the Antarctic sea ice. But in all these places, there's one sound I've always wanted to record, but something which has so far eluded me. And that's strange because I've been searching for the song of one of the largest and loudest animals that has ever lived. The Blue Whale. At the start of 2020, I had the opportunity to get my underwater microphones close to these huge, mysterious animals. I say mysterious because surprisingly, for such colossal creatures, there's still much we don't know about them. Like where they go to give birth, or even how many there are out there in the oceans. One thing we do know about blue whales is that, like all marine mammals, sound is crucial to every aspect of their lives. But finding a spot where I could encounter them and get close enough to record their voices has been tricky, to say the least. After speaking to scientists and marine organisations, I was excited to learn about one particular place that seemed to be the perfect spot, the Sea of Cortez off the coast of Mexico. And it's an area where the whales pass through very deep water close to the shore. So I decided to get packing. At last, today, I'm packing my recording equipment to head out to Mexico, off the coast of Baja, California. Several of the scientists have advised me that at the end of February and early March, there are lots of marine mammals gathering down there, including blue whales. And I know there's been sightings recently, so that's where I'm headed down for. One great attraction for me as well in the Sea of Cortez against other areas of open ocean is that it always looks relatively flat and calm because I'm not a great sailor, but um <laughs> the prospect of hearing blue whales out on that boat, that sound coming through my headphones is fantastic. But I need to prepare myself so I've got hydrophones I suppose one of the paradoxes is the blue whale might be the largest and loudest animal that's ever lived, but its song is in fact, I would imagine, mostly inaudible to human ears because a lot of the frequencies are infrasonic, so it's below our frequency of hearing. But rather like listening to a a stringed instrument, we hear the harmonics So even though the fundamental frequency of a blue whale's song may be way below our frequency of hearing, we hear the upper harmonics which range into our audio range much the same way as with insects which are ultrasonic. The fundamental of the song may be way much higher than our hearing but we hear the descending harmonics which gives it its particular voice and character. So that's it for now, I think that's all my stuff. I must remember to uh, pack my seasickness patches. My destination was a town called Loreto off the west coast of Mexico. So I took my hydrophones on a flight from Newcastle to London and then out to Mexico City. Well, we had a, a long <laughs> overnight flight from London to Mexico City, and now we're in the air again, flying from Mexico City across to the peninsula, of Baja California. And I've actually been joined on this trip by my friend and fellow recordist, Tony Meyer, because I, I like the idea of us working together cooperatively.
0: My name's Tony Meyer, I'm the Professor of Sound at the University of Surrey, and I'm the Head of Music and Media. Tony, we've
1: worked together for years now, both on location and in galleries and museums and theatres worldwide, presenting pieces. And for all that time, I've never had the opportunity to have a conversation with you about how you got involved in this mess.
0: (laughs) Gosh, that's a long story. I've been working in sound for many, many years as part producer, part sometimes creator of sound works, part sound engineer, all sorts of different aspects. But my interest in surround sound and spatial audio really emerged uh, as a main focus for, for what I do. And I think that's probably where we started working. You know, over the years, we've been fortunate to be commissioned to to produce a lot of very large-scale works with extraordinary ranges of technologies. And a lot of the time I've spent developing software that can make the sounds that that either you record or that we both record uh, come to life in a a space, in a large gallery space, to project these uh, three-dimensional sound fields, uh, which are, as good as we can make them, uh, believable and convincing soundscapes to give people a real engagement with the animals. Over the years, we've been able to present a huge range of animals to the public in a way that I think other recordings haven't been able to do, to give people a real experience and an aesthetic encounter with the animals.
1: The one thing I enjoy as well about creating those public pieces is that they are really informed by the science, and I really enjoy that engagement with the scientific community and trying in some way to help create a sense of understanding of the science of ocean sounds through artistic representation. And the scientists seem to respond to that well. And I really enjoy working with those communities because they're so welcoming and and interested in sharing the knowledge. And they facilitate trips like this. We would not be here doing this if we hadn't had some significant engagement with the scientific community across the world about sounds in the seas and oceans. That, for me, works really well, the bringing together of all those disciplines and then playing them, performing them in public places. So everyone gets the opportunity to hear what that world is really like. You know, and let's remind ourselves, we're talking about 70% of this planet, not the little dry bits that we live on. Okay, time to buckle up. We might be descending soon, so uh, looking forward to seeing my equipment arrive in La Paz. I'm hoping, because we had a relatively quick turnaround, that our equipment has actually made the transfer across to this much shorter flight. And then finally, we were there, although a little later than we had expected. Well, um, (laughs) spent the last two days not recording whales here in Mexico, but chasing down our equipment, which we flew back over to La Paz with last night. And then all we had to do was drive four hours in complete darkness at mountain roads to Loreto. But it's all changed this morning because it's early morning. I'm looking south over and out across the Sea of Cortez, which looks, from a kilometre away, beautifully calm, out east towards where, hopefully, the blue whales might be spending some of their time. After all that stress, this is one of the most remarkable scenes, looking south to a whole vortex of turkey vultures circling over the Suero cactus and the scrub. And to the west, the mountains of Baja California, really quite rugged mountain range, illuminated by this rising sun, and so they look, they glow almost red, sandstone-like, and deep valleys, actually, which we drove through last night, on the unlit road to Loretto. So now we can finally unpack our precious equipment and start sorting it out and get down to the harbour and um, meet the boatmen and hopefully later on today meet the Blue Whales. We headed down to the small harbour in Loreto where amongst the pelicans and fishing boats we met our boat captain, Liberto, who was going to help us navigate out towards the Blue Whales.
0: Hi, uh, Liberto. Nice to meet you. Chris. Pleased to meet you. My name is uh, Liberto Arbos Rodriguez Cabo. I captain the boat to look to the wells. I'm very happy for this.
1: With the introductions done, we were off out onto the water.
0: When I moved the boat, everybody okay. sit down. Okay. Understood. Because I move fast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're just leaving the harbour at Loreto and we're in a relatively small open boat, maybe six, seven metres long with an outboard on the back. The water's really calm. We're just cruising over the surface of this beautiful blue sheen ocean the mountains to the west. We're heading south towards Ila Carmen, where there's a deep water channel where the blue whales, Baleen Nazul, hang out and feed uh, because there must be some deeper water there and a good supply of food. So they've not been seen in the last day or so because it's been very windy. We're going to head out really on this first trip really just to have a look and a listen to see if we can find them. It's only now, heading south in this small boat out into the Sea of Cortez that all the stresses and strains, all the planning I realise is behind us now and it's the first time I've got the chance just to take stock and just realise what an exciting proposition this is. This is something I've wanted to do for more than 20 years, come out here into the Sea of Cortez and look and listen for blue whales. And I'm actually here and hopefully we're going to do it. This is just so good. When a blue whale exhales, when it surfaces, the spout is 12 meters high. So it's visible from some distance. What I hadn't realized is that you can hear it as well from kilometers away. So apart from looking for the spout, we're going to be listening for it as well. After being out on the water for barely an hour, we spotted something off the bow. Something down ahead.
0: One here. Maybe check he is well
1: blue. Yeah. Another. So just quite quickly come to a halt because 100 meters in front of us some a couple of whales have surfaced but we're not sure yet which species they are. Whoa! <sighs> oh. Yeah. It's Our first encounter with a blue whale. 2 60 meters. Wow. That sound, the surface, the blow. That sound you can hear, a loud sort of snorting. That's the sound of a blue whale exhaling through its two giant blowholes, exchanging oxygen as it surfaces to swim right in front of our boat. Well, that's the closest I've ever been to a blue whale. I mean, I thought there were two. Animals one in front of another at first, but it's the same one, they are quite long.
0: Fast moving as well.
1: Between some of these dives they can be underwater for ten minutes, so we just have to wait for them to surface again.
0: Ten minutes, fifteen minutes down. Or twenty, I don't know. Yeah.
1: yeah. The whales dive down, but then resurfaced.
0: Yes, yes. There. Oh,
1: well, an animal 100 metres off the starboard side. And we're just spinning round. The temptation is just so exciting. The temptation is just to race around chasing these animals, but that's, that's not the way to do it. You have to treat these animals with the greatest respect and just gently cruise alongside them. And the captain's perfectly used to this. first spot of the the whales in front of the bow and then they've gone round the boat and the temptation is just to throw the hydrophones in and start recording but the wise option for a start is to just study the behaviour for some time and then deploy our hydrophones if possible when we get in front of the animals so we get them coming up and past us the exciting prospect is there are two animals which means quite likely to be communicating under the surface. But we'll just, you know, we've come a long way. Um, we spent a lot of time getting here. We just need to slow down and just understand the situation before we, uh, well, we're not going to dive in, but we'll put our hydrophones in. How deep is the water here? Yeah.
0: 1,200. Yes, wow. this is very deep.
1: Yeah. It's just amazing to think that there's somewhere in the ocean underneath our boat at the moment
0: yeah, yeah
1: okay. Okay, okay. Stop Yes please yeah. Finally, it was time to put our hydrophones into the water and listen. Well we've stopped and peacefully we' floating on the surface of the sea because two blue whales had effectively circled our boat anti-clockwise, and so we've just turned the engine off and we're just hanging here floating about with the hydrophones off the side, listening to our ears at the moment on the surface of the Sea of Cortez. This is how it sounds. Very peaceful, tranquil water lapping gently up against the side of our boat, but listening below the surface, what we're hearing... Through our hydrophones, our sensitive hydrophones, are the sounds of outboard engines that are kilometres away. This is the underwater world we heard through our headphones. That, of course, is the whale's environment, constantly pursued by engine and shipping noise from far and wide. You have to remember, of course, that they're living in a world of sound. They're seeing the sound effectively, and they have to compete with this all the time, day and night. After recording underwater for hours, we still weren't hearing anything that seemed to be coming from the whales. But given the very low frequencies blue whales communicate at, we just couldn't be sure. And then suddenly, the wind picked up. And as so often happens out on the Sea of Cortez, the conditions changed really quickly. The smooth, flat surface of the ocean suddenly turned into a rough sea. Environment that was not only too noisy to record in, it was actually too dangerous for us to be out in in our small single engine boat. The wind speeds increasing, which will make it much more difficult for us to get back into port. So, we'll wrap it up today. It's day one, you know, we've, we've been out there, we've got out there, we've seen some blue whales, we've had the hydrophones in the water. We can only get better tomorrow. <laughs> and karma. hopefully. Coming up in episode two, we continue our attempt to record blue whale vocalizations out in the Sea of Cortez. And I speak to some experts to try and understand more about how and why these animals communicate with sound including a scientist who has spent more than three decades studying blue whales right here in Loreto.
0: We'll be back tomorrow with part two of Deep Blue Notes.
1: For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.